0: I'm Sonia Morton-Firth and you're watching The Sonia Morton-Firth Show. Today my guest is Greg Reed, best-selling author, speaker and filmmaker with a star on the Walk of Fame. Greg is the author of over 100 books. His film Wish Man, based on the Make-A-Wish Foundation, is currently trending in Netflix. He's also founder and CEO of Secret Knock, the number one networking event for billionaires and celebs in the world. Greg, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. I feel very honored and very jealous because I'm sitting here in cold London at about six or five o'clock in the evening and you're there in sunny San Diego. Yeah,
1: it's it's pretty wild over here. It got cold last night down to like 70, I think. So, you know, it's rough over here.
0: What, 70, that's that's like Fahrenheit, isn't it? I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, that's break. That's
1: like a whole new yeah, yeah, people go, how, how rough is it? I go, what? I had to wear socks one time. I think it was 74. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, look, as I say, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. And look, you have led an extraordinary life. Um, and there is so much I want to touch on. Um, and I, I know, you know, we've, we've got a, a certain time limit on that. And, Really, where I want to start is how you got started on your business journey. Let's start from there, and then we can drill down a little bit more on, on what, your, well, what your secrets are of success, that magic word.
1: Well, you know, it's like one of those type of things. First of all, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Greg. I'm here in San Diego. I'm an author, speaker, filmmaker. I've been published in 112 books, 45 languages. And I'm the least qualified guy to do what I do. I'm just a regular knucklehead, okay? But what happened is when I was 14 years old, I'm gonna go way back, uh, I couldn't. I wanted stuff, but I didn't have a job and I couldn't get a job in, in California. So what I did is I got the neighbors, they pay me $10 to mow their lawn. And then I hired the other kids in the neighborhood for five bucks to mow the lawn for me. I became an entrepreneur. And it was interesting. That was the vision that started my entire career. of like, How can you build win-win relationships and leverage? But age, from age 20 to 40, I only had one job. I, I was in sales and marketing. I sold advertising. That's all I did. And what happened is at the end of my career there, I sold my company for a nice little chunk of change. And people kept asking, how did you pull that off if you really can't read very well and can't write and you're dyslexic? And I, I told them, I said, I went to these seminars. I listened to tapes. I, I followed these mantras. And I started speaking at the universities around the country. And then some kids said, you should write a book. And I go, I've never really read a book. That's a good goal. I'll put that on my bucket list. And here we are today. It accidentally went off to become a global phenomenon and now it's 112 books later, go figure.
0: So, so you mentioned um, that you went to loads of seminars and events, was that sort of your, your journey into the personal growth uh, industry? Is that how you started?
1: Yeah, it's funny. The, the the hardest part about personal growth is the pesky growth part, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the first time I ever did when I was like a kid, I was 18 years old and I went to something, I think it was a Mary Kay convention or something. And there was a cat up on stage. His name was Dr. Dennis Waitley. And I remember I was sitting in the front row just going, oh my gosh, if I could do anything in my world one day, that'd be it. And then finally, when I started my own Speaking industry. I held my first event and he came to it and he was sitting in the front row looking at me up on stage and I went wow. oh, The circle
0: of life, right? It was pretty cool. That is a, that's a nice point to get to um, I and mean, I, I've been involved in the personal industry uh, personal growth industry for a while and you know I think we've all got our opinions that there are those that follow it and think it's amazing but you see those people that go time and time and time to these events and yet they're still in the same place. What do you think it takes or what makes a person take action And those that continually just go on and they do seminar after seminar after seminar? You, you know the sort of people I'm talking about and there's nothing wrong in it because you're still absorbing the information. But I, I guess unless you take action, you know, what what is the point?
1: Yeah, and, and that's what it comes down to. It's the action and the law of, attraction that makes her dreams come true. Think it, feel it, get off your backside. You got to take action and do it. In fact, I wrote a book recently. I'm looking over the title. It's called Wealth Made Easy. And one of the chapters, Leo Hefner pointed out some amazing. He says, if personal development seminars and tapes of things worked, mm-hmm. then Tony Robbins' camera guys should be billionaires. Yeah. I went, yeah. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah, completely. right? So, so you, you don't get successful through osmosis by any chance, but, but what happens is that you've got to do something with that idea. And, and I also believe what happens is we have to have a catalyst and that catalyst is something. It's a spark, a thing, but you got to want it from within. It's like anything else. Someone can tell you, Hey, you're overweight and you can, and you know that, but until one day you look in the mirror and go, who the heck's that guy, yeah. hey, <laughs> right, exactly. I'm gonna deal with that or a smoker, or whatever. So I think when the student's ready, the teacher appears are already there, but until it's the timing's just right, you're not gonna take action until you're ready.
0: So what was your catalyst? I've had so
1: many, I mean, in my life, my whole thing is about stickability, it's about not quitting, it's about, you know, I always say yes to things that I will finish. Because what happens, again, back to personal growth, I used to be a quitter, I quit everything. And I went on a journey and says, I want to change that lifestyle. And I realized I was just saying yes to everyone and everything to be a people pleaser. And then I got very clear in my intention that I would only say yes to things that I knew I'd complete, whether it took a day, a week, a month, or my latest movie, seven years to to accomplish. But I would not give up. I will have stickability until that dream comes true.
0: And you wrote a book called Stickability
1: uh yeah i i I, well it's interesting again so quick little backstory so there's a book written a hundred years ago called think and grow rich by this guy Napoleon Hill well Napoleon Hill when he was 23 years old gained access to the richest dude which was Andrew Carnegie and he says hey work for me for free for 20 years and I'll send you on a mission to meet my friends you'll write the first ever formula for success that was in 1908 fast forward 100 years exactly in 2008 their surviving grandkids in Napoleon Hill and the foundation that bears their name gave me that letter. And basically, I have a ticket to meet any human alive and to write the Think and Grow Rich series through the Napoleon That's Hill Foundation.
0: I mean, that must how did you feel when you got that?
1: Oh, it was horrible. No, oh, it was, no, right?
0: oh, just another one of those letters. You put yeah, it in the right. post.
1: So, the first book we did was called Three Feet from Gold. It was about not giving up before the miracle happened. And And I
0: love that chapter in Think of Go Rich because he talks about the gold mine and this little thin thread of gold and these guys just continue to mine on despite everything and they they, they cracked it but so many people walk away just before getting to that point of of six and I I guess taking it through to real life is um, getting through to that point of, of breaking through to be successful or to achieve your dreams. Well, most people
1: actually go through it, but they don't realize the opportunity at hand that they're in. So the, the, the story goes, a guy named RU Darby had gold fever, went out west, started digging, found a couple of nuggets, hit it, went home, told his family and friends, and they'd ship in money to buy equipment to pull it out. When the first ore cart came out, it was filled with gold, and then it ran out. They kept digging, no more gold. Defeated, Darby walks out of the mine and says, I quit, and sees a junk man walking by. Says, give me $200, I'll say the mine, the deed, the equipment. I give up on this business. The junk man, realizing equipment, the family chip in the dough is worth thousands, said, here's a couple hundred bucks, go home. But then he goes to engineer and seeks counsel and said, What happened? This guy hit gold and ran out. Right the engineer says that's mining 101. Gold runs in a straight line. It's called the vein. Darby came in one side, hit gold, and popped back into dirt. That's why they kept digging, but there was nothing there. He says, go back to where they discovered treasure. Go 90 degrees, three feet the other way, and you'll tap back into the vein. Not only did he pull millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars out, but that's what Phil's fort knocks today. And the moral is, how many times have we or someone we know quit one class short from a degree or sales or marketing or marriage? It's easy to quit. But if the people that persevere and go that extra three feet and seek the right information, they're the ones to come out on top.
0: There must be that point where you think, oh, God, you know what? I've thrown a lot of money at this business or whatever it is I'm doing. I've put so much energy um, and it's just not working. At what point do you think there is or do you think there is a point where you go, do you know what, actually, time to quit or, or is there ever a time to quit where you just need to say, you know you what, you gave it your best shot, but now's the time to move on. Yeah,
1: the differences between the uh, you know being committed and being interested, I guess, so to speak. So for example, if you're going to open a brand new restaurant because it's a hot trend and you open it up and it's a tapas bar and things don't go good, you might fold the shop and say, I give it a shot. But if you inherited the family restaurant that's been in the business for 15 generations, well, when things go tough, you might find a way to see it through because you're more committed. And that's the way it comes down to. It. It's following your knowing, not your hope or wish or belief, but your knowing. For example, the worst deals that we can do in business are called if, when, then deals. And that means if this happens and when this comes together, then I get this. Those those are pipe dreams. Those are like one in a billion chances that happen. And you should always swing for one of those because you never know if you'll hit it. But we also got to focus on those singles and doubles. And the most successful people, they have stickability. They know they're committed to their end destination, but they're not so caught up in exactly how it has to happen. And that's why most people give up. For example, if I'm on my sofa and I want to get to the end of the street and that's my goal, I have to have stickability. I won't quit till I get there. But a planner might plan every step Are they're going to pause, take a break, a sprinkler comes up, freaks them out, they run back home. Well, successful people seek unexpected opportunity. Did a kid leave a skateboard or a bicycle out to make my journey short? If I get lucky, I'll wave down a neighbor driving by, hitch a ride to the end of the street. Either way, I'll get to my goal. I just don't really mind how it has to happen.
0: Do you think in this time as well, you know, we, we, we can't not mention that thing that's going on outside our doors, the global pandemic. Um, do you think a lot of people now uh, are looking at the COVID and, and thinking, well, actually now isn't the right time to start a business or maybe they have stopped, had started a business and they think actually it's now time to quit because of what's going on and it's the wrong timing and all the rest of it. What what's your view on that? Are people uh, do you think people out there are seeing this as a, a sort of a, a, a warning sign not to start business?
1: Well, I think it's going to weed out the leaders from the wannabes or the dreamers for sure. But again, look. I can't tell people a blanket statement of that because I don't know each person watching this is their business and their thing. It would be malpractice. But I will say this that there's more opportunity than ever in the history of the world, and people are going to be missing it because they're not seeing it. So, for example, uh, Napoleon Hill talked about the power of collaboration over competition. And I'm a huge believer of this. So, for example, even though we're going through the pandemic, and yes, the crisis and the things. We're not going to ignore that. And let's say X amount of people suffer from this. I I fully understand and and my heart goes out. And in addition to that, I want to add to this. It is the first time in the history of the planet earth that doctors, physicists, and scientists from Ethiopia are talking to doctors and scientists and you know uh, all these creatives from Germany, and they're talking to Russia, and they're talking to China, and they're talking to Canada, and they're talking to Mexico. It's never happened, ever, ever, ever. And I guarantee what will happen in the next ten years. I guarantee this. Put out the crystal ball. Some guy had a, pe- had a peptide over here in you know India, and someone over here in Egypt had the other little molecule. And when they share their information, that might be the cure to the biggest ailments that save the lives of. Hundreds of millions of people and I believe the outcome from this will be absolutely astronomical but we can't see it yet because we're in the middle of the eye of the storm
0: yeah so to all those people that are out there that are thinking about starting a business or thinking about changing their business is there any advice or tips that you give them? I, I know you don't know their businesses but you know a yeah. lot of people a lot of people at the moment are pivoting and I, I mean I, I personally don't like that word Um, But they are changing their business, having to bring it online, changing the way they do things. Um, Was there any advice that you'd give to people doing that? Yes, stop
1: stop over pivoting because you're going to be sorry. You you will be very sorry. So if you're a person to person business and you do all your business engagement this way and then you take everything, I'm going to switch everything, go all online. Well, trust me, this too shall pass. Six months from now, when people are vaccinating, they're coming out of their houses and they're going to the beaches and you're stuck back in your computer where everyone else wants to mix and mingle and do business, you're gonna be have to repivot again. So yes, you have to make adjustments, but don't completely change things based on that. I mean, the most successful people watch the masses and they go the other way. So the whole idea is if everyone's doing something, then that should be a little sign not to do it. Uh, so number one, don't over-pivot, I guess, is my number one. And then two, again, collaboration. So for example, let's say you had a, there's a strip mall and there's a pizza parlor and a, a liquor store in the corner. You, you guys hate each other, competition, you're always fighting over parking spaces. This is the best time to come in the middle and sit there and say, wait, what can we do to, when this thing breaks out that we, we're friends and allies and say, tell you what I'm gonna do. Every time someone buys a pizza pie, give me a little coupon, I'll put it inside the pizza box and they get a discount on their next bottle of wine over hundred bucks. And by the way, when someone comes in and buys a bottle of wine over hundred bucks, you give them a coupon for a free pizza. <laughs> if we start thinking like that it's amazing you're sitting at home perhaps watching this going hey i got this cool little logo for a clothing brand i want to do one day well guess what there's someone else if you google it that are sitting at home that have got a printing press in the garage and they're not working and someone else makes websites and they're not doing much and what if you formed a little company for free and you three partnered up and when things open up you got the new cool clothing line we have to start thinking like this. Mm-hmm. What kind of ways can we collaborate so when this too opens up that we're prepared for the success?
0: I love it. I love it. How has it affected your secret knock community
1: totally. events? Obviously. It's just been postponed. You know, that that's all there is to it. You know, we haven't been able to do it. And we understand and we're, we're sympathetic. Uh, in America, things are... It's really a hit and miss because some states, like right now, my buddies are at big conventions right now with thousands of people and then other states are shut down and locked in their house. So it's it's a really interesting time. COVID
0: uh, knows where those states stop and start.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, really interesting. So but what we did is we pushed our secret knock till September when we know everything will be back open in California. And what's really neat is we decided Rather than think small or what we're lacking, we said, "How do we just blow the living heck out of this thing? How do we make it the biggest, best one we ever did?" And so our focus changed from lack and scarcity to opportunity and possibility, and what is you know what's possible. So we reach out to some movie stars and actors, and say, "Hey, would you come to this thing and have fun?" They're all, "Heck yeah, we can't wait to get out of the house." So I got the star-studded line. I'm excited. So as as rough as it is, the way I've looked at it is a slingshot it's like we're pulling it back on it's, it's hard it's hard it's hard it's hard it's hard and it's getting harder and harder but when that lets go you better be prepared for that that's exactly- everyone's just
0: gonna go for it
1: yeah. yeah well i live in california the day they i remember everything was shut down they go hey the beaches are open <laughs> we have a short memory span, and everyone was right back out and i'm going that's exactly what the malls and the businesses and the restaurants are going to be like as well
0: and, and were you not tempted or did you think about bringing it online and you know i mean i know Tony Robbins has done his UPW event o- online and uh, there are a load of summits going on online I mean I'm I'm, I'm not a big fan to be honest because I can't I think you can't beat the face-to-face and especially at these events where networking and talking to people is is why you are there but but you weren't tempted
1: well we did we, we did a couple of the zoomies we did all that different stuff and at the same event day we realized if you've all, look you've watched I'm gonna say again Watch the masses, what everyone's doing, and then go the other way. So we go the other way. So, for example, like our secret knock event uh, that you mentioned, everyone else has these flyers with little talking heads, and they go, come see this person and learn this, and here's what you're going to do, and here's great. Our secret knock event is this. Give us $3,000 to attend. You have to be qualified to go through a process to even give us that money, and then we will not tell you who will be there or even where it's at. That's it. We just tell oh, you this. wow. So place.
0: it's in a secret location. Is that
1: the, the secret? Every, every, yeah, you don't know anything. You will never know who's going to be there, where it's at, nothing. Even once you pay for it, we won't tell you. We're just going to say this city and these are the dates so you can go find a hotel there. And then right before it, we drip it out and say, hey, here's where it is. So we don't have a bunch of people dropping in. And the reason is the last time we had one, like, for example, President Vicente Fox came, and he didn't want to have secret service. But he sat on stage and said, look, let me tell you a story when you know, we're invading Iraq, and the George Bush and Condoleezza Rice wanted me to join, but I wouldn't, because here's what happened, and here's how I saw things. And we did private Skype with Edward Snowden while he's hiding in Russia, and we bring in Tonino Lamborghini all the way from Italy, and we bring in all these people. And the whole idea is that we want it to be free-flowing with no name tags. Everyone's equal. Everyone's normal. They stay and hang out. And so we didn't want to have to have that security problem. So it's just a secret.
0: Wow. Where do you get your ideas from, Greg? Because you, you've had a number of pretty amazing ideas. And I want to get onto the movie. Where do you get your inspiration from the, for these? Yeah, the majority of it comes from the shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't say meditation. So that's a different one, right?
1: It's funny. I'm not a woo guy by any stretch. And, and it's really interesting because my circle... It's very woo woo. I'm not, but we all say the same things, but we say it in a different way. So you can call it law of attraction, and then I sit there and say reticular activator system, right? You can say, you know, everything is spirit based, and I say everything is energy based. So it's, and I can scientifically break it down, and you can spiritually break it down, and we're both correct because it's our belief system. Um, It's interesting. Let me see if I got one of these books here. A guy named uh, Bob Proctor and I did a book together. Oh Um, yeah, yeah, we did a book together. I don't have one with me here. It's called Thoughts Are Things. Mm. And uh, and it's interesting. We thought thoughts become realities. And then we realized 100% thoughts are not things. And we went, wow, it was so opposite of our intention when we went from this. Because we realized, talking to the top neuroscientists and physicists, we have 64,000 thoughts a day. Majority of them are an acronym called ANT, Automatic Negative Thought. So if we have 64 thoughts a day and most are negative, then everything should be chaos and drama, but it's not. It's only the thoughts in which we take our action towards become our truth and our reality. And you can tell someone's true thought, their dominant thought, by the actions in their society in which they're surrounded with. If someone sits there and says, I want a Lamborghini and doesn't have a Lamborghini, it just means they don't want a Lamborghini enough because they weren't willing to take the actions necessary to make them come true.
0: So what do you, I mean, you must have the odd negative thoughts If you just said how many thoughts you have a day. What do you do with your negative thoughts when they come into your mind?
1: Well, I created a little system and it's, it's, it took me years to to do this, but I figured something that's bigger than an ant is an ape. And it's, that stands for Automatic Positive Experience. So it's a memory. For me, it's a song by Billy Joel. So if I'm driving down the road and someone cuts me off and go, you son of a, in the middle of the it, right? <laughs> I saw, right? But it took me years to train myself to do that. And I have a lot of friends that they'll sit there and say, cancel, reset, um, and, uh, out loud. You know, we're just hanging in a room almost and they go, cancel, reset. <laughs> like, oh, I must have said something, right? Because it, it, that's, that's what they do for themselves. So everyone's got a different system. It's just awareness. That's, that's all. But how many times have you been driving home and you sat there and said, when I get there, man, dinner's not going to be ready. I'm going to you son of a gun. They're going to say, oh, yeah. I'm going to say, oh, yeah. I'm going oh, yeah. to say, yeah. And then you get home. Everything's normal and you go, man, I spent 20 minutes having this fake fight in my head that never took place. And that's what we tend to do with ourselves over and over. We look at business and relationship and all this negativity rather than looking what's possible and what can be.
0: Yeah, you, you, you think of situations and you're already you've already deciphered the answers and it's completely different to what actually turns out to be, to be true. All right, you said we're gonna talk about the movie. I'm trying to see. I'm dying to talk about the movie. So I watched the movie the other night, um, The Wish Man, which is an incredible movie. It moved me a lot and anyone should watch it. It's trending on Netflix at the moment. What? Well, firstly, Why a movie? Um, it's not like you're a sort of you've done this before. Um, what gave you the inspiration? And how did you go about it? It's not like you. Did you just wake up one day and go, you know what? Today I'm gonna I'm gonna film a movie.
1: Okay. So remember before when I first started, I said I'm the least qualified guy to do what I do. I'm gonna give everyone a background story on that. So here's the deal. I literally cannot read very well. I'm dyslexic. I can't spell. If you play me words with friends, you'll win every time. But I'm a world-renowned, best-selling author with honorary PhDs and a star on the walk of fame for writing books. And the way you do it is you work your strengths and you hire your weaknesses. So you can see I'm a good communicator, but I'm not a good writer. So I have amazing ghost writers and editors that sit next to me, and I go, and then they write it in a way that people would actually want to read it in a book. I work my strength and I hire my weaknesses. Same thing. So back to the movie is I was interviewing a guy for a book called um, Stickability. And his name's Frank Shankwitz, founder of a nonprofit called Make-A-Wish. And I asked him what his wish was. And he said, no one ever asked him. I says, well, I will grant your wish, whatever it is. And he says, I just want my story to be told so my grandkids know I did something. So he signed over his life rights. And I said, I'll make it into a major film. I've never made a feature film but it took me years and I realized well who's already got what I want so I went up to Hollywood I met with Oscar winners and Golden Globe winners and I kept finding the system that it works and it took years and finally the movie came out and we actually made the shortlist for the Oscars we didn't get the nomination but we made the actual ballot for the Oscars awesome. and we're trending worldwide on Netflix right now and the whole idea is that anyone can be a hero look you do not need to be a billionaire or celebrity to make a difference. Everyone watching this can go give a pair of socks to a homeless guy or stop a bully from fighting or something. And we realize it's the people that do those small incremental acts of kindness that have a ripple effect impact. And them.
0: right now it's so important. I mean, just, you know, and it, people are suffering. And if anyone can do a small act of kindness, and I think that's certainly what um, here in, in England, the UK, in lockdown one, when it all started, it was people that were just doing the small acts of kindness, buying grocery shopping for their neighbors that maybe couldn't get out. And I think that sort of sense of community has been amazing. I'm not quite sure if we're still facing that now because I think people are a bit tired with it, but yeah, certainly those acts of kindness. And I do encourage anyone to watch it. It's a really moving film. I I really, really enjoyed it and it's definitely one to put on the list. Uh, Another one, is there another one in the bag?
1: Well, I'm working right now on another major feature film, yes, and two TV shows. So it's like I I realized, you know, economy of scale is that, you know, out of 100 books or whatever, and let's say a million people's lives got impacted by those books, which is phenomenal. I also realized by that one movie we're talking about, tens of millions of people have already watched it, and I've impacted lives. And I went, wow, I did one project and had a 10x effect. So I'm looking now ways to expand my reach in, in a whole new, broad, different base. And it was really interesting where most people are focusing, you know, I'm probably the least popular or famous guy in my industry. And the reason is I'm so busy doing this stuff. I have no time to talk about it. Um, and, and And it's just a different philosophy. I believe in surrounding yourself with people that are getting the results you want. That's why we made even Secret Knock, is I got so tired of just coaches and teachers and mentors and Instagram wannabe guys. I said, what if you come to a place and actually, you know, if you want to start a clothing line, here's the dude who started Ugga Boots, a billion-dollar brand. If you got an invention, here's the guy who made that little strip on the back of a credit card and changed life as we know it. What would it be like if you hung out with the people and had a taco and shared a beer with them and asked some questions about your own business? And That's what we created, and that's what I want for everybody around the world.
0: Absolutely. It's quite interesting you say those, you know, Instagram wannabes and and I guess there's a lot of people now that are spending even more time on Facebook, on Instagram, on whatever the latest one is, TikTok. Um, There's now something called Clubhouse as well. What are your views on all of that? I mean, look, you're a successful entrepreneur and you've put your hand to so many different things. Um, and obviously, we're seeing the ones that that are successful. Whether there's been a few that haven't haven't been successful along the way, what's your view on on the whole social media thing, and whether that create yeah. and help you create? I'm a huge. Fan. Yes, I, I'm a huge
1: fan of all platforms because number one, they're a free network. Um, I will talk about one thing you saw on a LinkedIn post I did, which my challenge is is that right now, if we have the you know a multi-billionaire who's the sitting president of the united states and all these social platforms could t- remove his voice what chance do you and i have and that's a concern for me so that I'll, I'll say that on the same note i believe these platforms are absolutely amazing for getting regular people like me voiced out so for instagram i got a half a million followers on you know and i'm verified there and verified on Uh, Facebook and verified on Twitter and verified on here. And by doing that, it opens up the doors and reach that I never would have had. So I see it as an incredible vehicle. I mean, people that come to my events and reach out are from literally around the planet. And that's pretty spectacular, which we wouldn't normally have without it.
0: You've got incredible energy, Greg, and I know you, you must have been told that before. You can just feel it. It's like it's popping out the screen to me. And, and I normally do these face to face, so I normally don't do, it's not a Zoom thing. I, I, I film them and do them live. That's what I love, but I can feel your energy. What's the secret to your energy? What, what gives you your buzz? Do you get out of bed every day and, uh, uh, and feel like this? I'm happy. I mean, that's it.
1: Abraham Lincoln had a great quote. He says, People are as happy as they make up their minds to be. And I just believe that to be true. So I look at things what's called an always good attitude. And came up with that one time I was at a grocery store and people are going through the checkout and the check the cashier would say, How you doing? How you doing? And everyone in line would say, Fair, fine. A double negative, not bad. And they got to me and they go, How you doing? I go, Always good, a double positive, <laughs> and they look at me and go, How can someone always be positive? I go, Well, Abraham Lincoln, people are as happy as they make up their minds to be, and it became my thing. So I could be sick thrown up in a toilet, and you ask me how I'm doing, I go, Oh, my
0: good. Oh, <laughs> good, still yeah, good,
1: still good. Because I'm looking at the bright side of everything as much as I possibly can. Um,
0: um, but you must have had adversity, well, you have had adversities in life. You you mentioned the fact that you're not great in reading, right? i all my books are adversity. Yes, a little, little bit. So it's so
1: funny. When you when you do a book, I'll tell you guys a little secret. When you do it, this is my first one. It's called The Millionaire Mentor. And the uh, when you do a book, you write a query letter. It says who you are, what's your message, why an expert, who's gonna read your book. I was turned down by 268 publishers, agents, and printers in a row till the 269th one said, We'll do your book, just change the title beginning middle and end I told you, I didn't know what I was doing right so I got a ghost writer, they recrafted it and it went on to impact the lives of millions upon millions check this one out this one quote from this darn little silly book uh, was shared 37 million times can you believe that out of this little book and imagine if I would have quit after you know 50 rejections or 100 rejections or whatever but this one little quote, it says, a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down becomes a plan. A plan backed by action makes your dreams come true. It's simple. So that, but that is- has been shared and translated
0: 37 million times. Isn't that crazy? Uh, that, is, that is crazy. And there's a couple of things I wanted to mention there. First, that quote, if, if we go back to goals, plans, do, do you do goals? Do you, do you start the beginning, let's say 2021, just started, it's January. Do you, do you write down your goals? Do you set plans for the year ahead?
1: I do, with, uh, with the understanding that everything will change. So the whole thing is I just have the big picture. I don't do incremental steps. I think it's a waste of time. I think planning is the biggest waste of time you can do. And that's just me, but it's just the biggest waste of time. So and for example.
0: If we'd all done that in 2020, we, we, we definitely wouldn't be
1: focused on the goals or wherever we've gone we would have. Had I would say that any time in life, when you're 18 years old to 19, I guarantee if you, if you asked that person and said, you had a lot of you know, plans last year. Yeah. How did that work out for you? It never does. But what happened is you hit a goal because we're scrappy, we're ingenuitive, we find different ways. So to me, you have an end goal destination, but you don't get caught up on how it's going to happen. I look at it like skiing. If I'm on the top of the hill and I want to get to the clubhouse, look, I already know there's snow borders and black ice and moguls and trees. So when I come across that and I fall down, I'm just going to get up and keep going because I'm just going to go to my goal. Or other people have their first little rejection because it didn't go as they planned, they call a ski patrol and they take them down and they quit. So to me, I just have a different perception of it. I, I already know and expect there's going to be the minutia I just don't get caught
0: up in it. So, what's the actual success mindset? Because we've talked about success, we've talked about how you got there and it's literally having a, a goal, whatever that is, and you get there despite the obstacles and the flow. What is the mindset behind that? What do you think that that are there certain um, aspects um, that people should have in terms of getting to to a successful vision or... uh, Okay,
1: this this is going to be just too simple for everybody. Ask somebody who's already done it. (laughs) That's... (laughs) Ta-da! I don't have one. So for example, when I went to Africa and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, I did not ask a dope-smoking surfer here in La Jolla to take me to the roof of Africa. I found the Sherpa that I climbed at 900 times. When they put their boot print, I put my boot print. When I wanted to be a best-selling author, I went to the bookstore. I didn't go to the best written books. I didn't want to be a great writing author. I went to the best-selling section. I called those authors up and said, how does this system work? I did it. When I went to Spain to run with the bulls, I did not just- Oh my God, you
0: ran with the bull? You ran away. You ran away
1: from the bulls, right? I ran, I ran from the bulls. And and the thing is, I called the guy who wrote the definitive book and said, look, man, I go, I want to have a good time and not die. What do I do? And he says, ah, that's easy. As soon as the rockets go off, run around here, corner number three, stand in the middle, the bulls come in one side, people trample themselves, you'll be in the middle, have a great time. That's what I did. So all I do is I find people that have already accomplished and are experts in their chosen field and ask them for guidance
0: you think everyone can do that or do you think there's some people that have fear of asking of the people for guidance Because uh, those
1: are two different questions can anyone do it yes will everyone do it uh, no most people won't in fact here you go everyone my cell phone is 858-353-0432. no one will call so, so you, you can give everyone everything my email is Greg at my Instagram is Greg s read it goes directly to me no one will reach out because most people are waiting you know they have something called the bad case of the one size that means i'll take action once i get the big break once i get the kids out of the house one side of the thing the biggest thing that holds people back is their big butt not the one they're sitting on they sit there and say well i'm gonna go do the two but and it's that butt that stops them
0: how do we get over that butt? because that's a mindset thing isn't it that's a complete fear of something. What, what is the biggest I mean, we're, we're, Look, we're living in fear at the moment of some global pandemic out there and people are literally frozen with fear of going out their house, but there's more to it than that. What do you think um, the biggest fear that is out there at the moment?
1: Well, I happen to re- written the book on this topic, so I, I can give you the perception I have after speaking to the top people around the world on this topic. Napoleon Hill talked about the six ghosts of fear 100 years ago, and I disagree with his fears. He talked it was the wow. fear of loss of love, it was the fear of old age, it was the fear of dying. I think the biggest fears of today come down to two things. The fear of the unknown, which is like what we're going through. Yeah. Like if everyone said, hey, this is going to be over on this date thing, we'd figure it out. We'd be good.
0: You'd be but okay. Just, we'd
1: be good. We, we can handle yes, we can handle no, that maybe kicks you in the tail. But the number one biggest fear is the fear of criticism. It's the fear of judgment. That is it. That's what fear of public speaking is. That's what the fear of thing. That's what the fear of failure, success. It's all BS. It's only the fear of judgment. So for example, I don't know anyone in London, but if I was walking down the street and I tripped over a curb, the first thing I'd do is look up to see who saw me. I don't even know anybody, but that's just our instinct. And what happens is there's a, a cliche that says, what would you do if you couldn't fail? I say you throw that away and say, what would you do the moment you stop worrying what people thought? Would you start that business? Would you ask that person for a date? Would you reach out of your normal circle to people that might scare you a little bit? And those are the people that we tell the stories about, and they're also the ones that have the greatest success.
0: Yeah, it's completely right. You know, there are, that is one of the biggest fears. Um, even today, I was just about to do send, put something out on Instagram, and I was like, Oh God, but what will people think? Maybe I shouldn't do that post. I mean, I did it anyway, but my biggest fear was judgment of other people. So yeah, absolutely. And I did think about what you said there. Um, we've talked about your adversities and challenges. Um, what, and we, What is your big vision then? Can you talk about your big vision for 2021? Stability. Uh, I don't have a big vision. I, I'm ready to get things back
1: to stable. It's, it's, it's kind of like in, in any medical thing, there's something called triage. When people come rushing in with gapping wounds, the first thing they do is they triage to see who needs help, where they can put, stop the bleeding, how can we think. And right now, look, we're all suffering going through this thing, so the first thing we need is a reset to be able to stop and take a breath. We need a triage just to get back to, to, to even. So where everyone else is thinking, oh, I'm gonna go over here and make a billion dollars. How about we just get down to take a breath first? <laughs> so we don't feel this pressure so that we can see things from a clear point of view. It, it's hard to see things with an open perspective when someone's standing on your neck. And right now a lot of people are feeling that way. So rather than you know, everyone watching this right now, we understand we're all going through this in our certain thing. And it's okay to want to gasp for that air and to come back to normalcy. So we have the foundation to see things from a clear point of view rather than one out of fear because we never should make our major life-changing decisions based at our lowest point in life. Everything is cyclical. You have your ups and you have your downs. When you're down, that's not where you make your major life-change decision. You wait till you have a little bit of wind in your sail, a little giddy-up in your step, a little things start going back to normal. If you can make a decision from that point of view, you'll save 10 years of your life from having to go back and correct the wrong choices because you made them based at your lowest point.
0: Yeah, I like that, definitely. What have you learned from this time? Is there anything, have you done any inward reflection and just thought, oh, oh God, this is what has really struck me about this time right now?
1: Absolutely, and by the way, it's just one of the most interesting conversations I've had probably in a year, which is really, really cool. It's a testament to you because so many oh, people, ask I me. Mean, Yeah, it's really neat. You know what?
0: It would be so much more interesting if you were here (laughs) face-to-face.
1: There you go. And what's really interesting is that, you know, usually a lot of people, I tell these stories and they become kind of popular. So I keep repeating the same stories and you and I are having a very organic conversation, uh, which is is very enlightening and fresh uh, for me to, to, to say the least. Um, so I forget the question you were saying, I just wanted to point that out.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say, have you learned anything about yourself during this time? Have you sort of taken a moment to sort of just self-reflect and think, actually, this is what I've learned about myself right now?
1: Yeah, I realized that I had something called a really good death style.
0: You know, <laughs> What's, think, a death? What's a death style?
1: Well, it's, it's something I created through this thing and I realized when, when this all hit last year and you know, the fear and the anxiety was running crazy and how this was going to be the end of the world type of feeling. I remember I called my lawyers, I called my doctors, I called my insurance agents and I says, look, the worst case scenario happens is, all, is my house in order. Um, and they said, oh, absolutely. In fact, your kid's going to be rich and the thing's going to thing and you did your legacy and you got your book, you're, you're, you're good to go. And I go, I got a really good death style. I mean, I, I am set. And then I remember I said, well, if I'm good with that, what would my lifestyle look like if I get through this? And I remember I opened up the doors to my, you know, big estate and I looked outside and I have three brand new cars in the driveways that I can't drive. And I'm going, what is this? about? Yeah. I, go, I go, what, what is this about? And, and I go, well, when this thing opens up again, I go, I'm going to change my lifestyle. And so literally last uh, month, I traded in one of the, you know, the, the, the Porsche. And and then I went through every closet in the house and said, look, if I haven't seen this thing in a year, it's going out. And I did a giant garage sale where I basically sold and gave everything away. I bet that and, was a hell of a garage sale. <laughs> right now, people got some heck of deals. It was insane. Insane. And, and w- w- But at the end of the day, I just cleaned everything out. And it was one of the greatest... Uh, experiences. So now I'm ready for the new lifestyle when things open up again.
0: You mentioned death. Are you frightened of death? Oh, zero.
1: No, zero. Not even a little bit.
0: Not a little bit. Greg, do you know what? I really, really enjoyed this uh, interview, but sadly, we've come to the, towards the end and I've just got my final question that I ask all my guests. And before I ask that, I just want to know. I, I think you've actually done this. I was about to say, where can people find out about you? But you've given them the phone number.
1: <laughs> you've got, you've got, you, you, yeah. There you go. There's this. There's a new thing out. Don't tell anyone about this website. It's called Google. But yeah, you can Google. You can call my cell. You can email me. You can go. I'm telling you, if you go to Instagram and DM me, it goes right to me. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me because it beeps right away.
0: And you really answer those DMs
1: hundred percent, one hundred percent. Everyone that does. But my only request is: Look, I don't want to talk about the family's dog or what you ate for dinner. No small talk. But if you sit there and say, "Hey, I'm working on this thing," I you got a connection for me? or What book should I read for this? I, I get back to a hundred percent of those. Listen, the number one way to get uh, access to people is it's called. This is really simple, but it's basic, but very few people do it. Specificity. So if I wanted to reach out to, I don't know the uh, the head of nascar what i would do is i would say hey i need 12.5 minutes of your time i'll cover all my expenses to get there from the time i open the door to leave will be 12 and a half minutes i'll start a stopwatch
0: you put it down to a half a minute as well
1: 12 and a half minutes yes. all i'm gonna do is ask you one question why you didn't quit and had stickability? that's it now the chance of him saying yes is so high but most people sit there and go i want to pick your brain i want to take you to dinner i want to take you to lunch I don't know you. I'm not going to go out there have dinner with you. But if it was down to that specificity, you open the doors. I'll get off stage and there's 10,000 people and there's long lines to hang out. And they say the nicest things. How can I be of contribution? How can I work with you? What could it, I, get, I don't have 30 minutes to do a resume check. But if you come up and say, hey, I saw your Instagram. You had a half a million followers. I make great memes. Let me send you one. If you like it, maybe you'll use me. In 10 seconds, I know who you are, what you do. You got my cell phone. We're connected. Specificity is the key to all things open, of doors. Okay.
0: Well, that's a great that's a great tip for everyone out there. And I think right now everyone's trying to stick out as best as possible. So that's a, a great tip. What's the question? The, if you were to write a message in a bottle for future generations to find, what would that message be? CPC. It's an acronym.
1: Okay. Clues, patterns. Choices. If I would have learned this in my youth, it would have changed everything. CPC. It's about account yeah, C P C. It's about accountability, responsibility for every single thing that happens. Stop blaming other people. It's your fault. And it works like this. I'm a single guy. So let's say I go on a first date and the woman happens to be twenty minutes late. Anything could have happened, but that's a little red flag. That's a clue.
0: But if I go on the
1: Anything happened, right? But if I go on the fifth, sixth, and seventh date, and every time she's 20 minutes late, that forms the P, which is a pattern. Now it's my C, choice. My choice, whether I deal with it, yell at her, break up with her, but it's not her fault. She's just late. Stop trying to change people to fit into your own paradigm. But how many times you see someone with a bad reputation in business, they cheat your best friend, you do business, it'll be different for me. Things go wrong and you're mad at the person. It's like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister, you go to pet it, get bit, and you're mad at the snake. Looking back in life, rarely are we angry of the relationships that we entered that didn't go good or the business ventures that failed. We're just angry that we stayed in too long because we saw the clue, we saw the pattern, but we made our choice too
0: late. And sometimes we don't see the the pattern until too late, and then you reflect back and go, if only I'd realized that at the time. Again, and that's what this
1: is. It's awareness. CPC, clues, patterns, choices. And looking back, I'm going, this is it. That's the one thing. If you notice most millionaires, billionaires, business icons, they have so few close personal people in their sphere because all they do different than the average person is they look for that clue. They look at patterns and then they make their choices right away in which you know, bucket they're going to fit in. Oh God,
0: I love that, Greg. You've just, something's just clicked in my head with that. Greg, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. It's been a total honor. Um, and I wish you well with your, uh, with your next ventures. And I can't wait to keep on reading about you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, there's a new interview out every Monday. So hit subscribe and like, and you'll get it straight into your inbox.